Hey, it's Deacon here. I'm hosting a new workshop called Hiring Secrets to help you find the right people who will take your business to the next level. Join me live on April 6th, and I'll show you my biggest secrets and tools to building a high-performance team. Get all the details at deaconbradley.com, click the Hiring Secrets link in the menu, or check today's show notes for all the links you need. Now, let's get back to the podcast. Unless you want to be stuck doing everything yourself forever, then this is what you need to get right. Hello and welcome to the Sharp Business Growth Podcast, the show for CEOs who want to create healthy business growth. I'm your host, Deacon Bradley, alongside Justice Marimi. And on today's show, the hiring philosophy that helped me build a team of over 50 across six continents in 15 countries, my last business. That was a, obviously a 100% remote team. Uh, I wish I could have gone to all those places. I did not get to go to all those places. Uh, went to Europe a couple times, but, but that was it. That last continent we were after, Justice, do you want to guess what it was that we finally closed? Australia? Oh, we had Australia we had for a long time. There's a huge digital marketing community in Australia. Oh, thriving. Really? We have a, a loads of team members over there. Really? Yeah. Uh continent Africa? That's it. Really? We, it, that that was like my white whale. Uh we <laughs> we brought on <laughs> a uh, a media buyer kind of close to the end of of when I was about to exit the agency from South Africa. And that was like the last one that we were after. Well, uh, it was kind of a race between South Africa or between Africa and South America. Um, but yeah, we got it done. We got, we got six nice. continents and there's only one left and I'm still looking for somebody to move there, but nobody's <laughs> taking us up on that after. <laughs> cool. So justice, you and I have been talking a lot about hiring lately because if this is a, Every business leader encounters this. What I think is interesting, though, is that so many business leaders are just intimidated by it. They don't know how to think about it. They're kind of, frankly, bad at it, uncomfortable with <laughs> yeah. it. And so you kind of get a couple of different approaches. There's, uh, oh, and, and all the common advice out there, I don't think is super helpful. Stuff like, like, hire slow, fire fast. Oh, no, I've if, used that. No, I think it's great advice, but it doesn't help you be better at hiring. I don't that's think. That's true. No, that's true. <laughs> it just helps you get rid of people faster. And so that's actually what I notice a lot is CEOs like churning through people because they're like, this person's not right. I'm supposed to hire fast, fire mm. fast. Um, but one of the things I was most proud of at, at the agency that I ran was our hiring and retention rate was extremely high. So people would would stay with us for a long time and they and we wanted them to stay because they were high performers. How did you do that? Why it, did they stay longer? They were exact perfect fits for what I wanted. Really? The thing that I noticed that that where business leaders get tripped up and this is kind of what you and I were talking earlier this week is we were kind of working on on a, a client's business. We're like, "All right, we need to staff up some people. We need to hire some people." And then it's kind of like there's this full stop and everyone's looking around going, so what do we do? Where uh, is this magic person? How do uh, I, and then the next action is usually kind of the default action is all right, well, let's just list out 
every requirement that I can think of. Yes. They, here's how I know if you're qualified. You can, I don't know, speak five languages. You can type 25 words a minute. You know Hungarian for hello. It's like you're just listing all these things. And at the end of it, you've got this like beefy, lengthy job description that feels important, mm. but never gets you the the people that you want. That's such an interesting thing that you say that because like you shared earlier, that's kind of what I was used to seeing. And so knowing Deacon's kind of a management guru, um, I was like, Hey man, I'm trying to create this for this, for this role. I'm getting these job descriptions ready, but I just feel like these are just a lot of words. Yes. (laughs) It's like every task we think they'll ever do. And exactly. Or that we will ever want them to do. And you kind of go, I just felt like it was just, how would I know, especially when I'm trying to create a job role that I've never had to lead before. So it was even harder because I was like, I can't think of every task, so I'm going to need help on it. But at the same time, I think this should be really simple because I don't want to, I think if you overtask something, the person that's a right fit for the role I could see that being a turnoff and they might see something in there. They're like, I don't know how to do that. I must not be what they need. Oh, that's, that's a really good point. And one I had not considered this whole, whole thing kind of started for me because the, what you just described of, all right, let me list out all the stuff is grueling. And when you're done with it, people read it. You might get somebody to come in finally. And then what happens to the job description after that is you throw it in the trash. Yep. And you're like, man, that was a lot of work for something that's not ever used again. Yep. The approach that I take with this is, and I I learned this from a guy named Brian Miles who wrote a book called Virtual Culture. Uh, This is where I kind of like started my hiring process is kind of developed from learning from him. So that's a really great book, especially if you have a virtual business. I I highly recommend that book. Mm. It, for me, it all starts with, with this, with the, the main philosophy is like, I want somebody to come into the role and a year from now, I want us to all be high-fiving and saying, oh my gosh, what a year, man. We knocked it out of the park. This was fantastic. And then I I want the job post to describe what happened. (laughs) Ah, And this is what what I love that you did because it changed the way that I looked at it. And I, I literally just had a meeting with the person that's going to be taking on this job. I created a description. It was way more, it was so much more simple. Um, But I essentially was like, so here's where we're going with your role. Here's what's, and, and there's a, there's a lot, what, what does it look like to win? Uh, What's the question that you ask that is like, just sums it up so well. The question that I always ask, I was just writing a job description yesterday. This is one of those things where it's like, I suddenly realized this hole on the team mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, this is what's missing. I can go faster if I have this. So I sat down, I put the job title at the top. This one was basically like some sort of media buyer. They're going to do Facebook and YouTube as a primary focus and some other stuff. And, and the right under that, I wrote down the most important question of the whole thing, which is what does winning look like? Yes. Yes. That's the question. I spent probably an hour just thinking through, all right, this person is here now, I'm imagining, and they're doing the job, and my I am freed up in the way that I expected to be. I am seeing the results that I expected to see. What did they do? 
that made that happen. Yeah. And I don't mean like every single detail, like, oh, they built a Facebook ad campaign that did blah, blah, blah. And they made, not like those details. It's more high level. Like they owned the media buying strategy and execution for Facebook, for example. Yep. There's about a thousand bullet points that might go into describing what that looks like on a day-to-day basis. But at the end of the day, I'm not programming a computer with a set of instructions that they will execute. I'm just trying to communicate what winning looks like so that we both agree if they're winning or not. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. And it was so helpful for me to be able to sit down with this person and say, Hey, here's the job description. Here's why. And this is why this is what winning looks like. And then even from that, to be able to create 30, 60 and 90 day goals I actually gave that to them. I said, based on what I've shared, I actually want you to come up with 30, 60 and 90 day goals. And this lady came back with these goals that I was like, if we can do this in the next 90 days, that would be awesome. And she's bought in because she's like, I want to win. And I think this is what winning looks like based on where you want to go. And I have the expertise. And so it empowered her to really think big, bigger than I would have been able to. And with more accuracy than I could have ever made for her specific job because she knew what winning looked like. It was awesome. I love it. You barely, like the ink isn't even dry on your job description and work is already being taken off of your plate. Yes. Because they're already, (laughs) they're deciding the how. Yes. Like, isn't that the whole point of this? Is is to keep from having to figure out every detail. So don't try to, put every detail in the job post. Yes. The relief I had, cause I was going at it going, all right, I've got to come up with 30, 60, nineties. And I was just looking at it. And it was like for an hour, I was just looking at it and thinking through for these three roles, 30, 60, 90. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't know how to get there. Yeah. I mean, that's why I'm hiring. That's why I'm, that's hiring, why I'm hiring you. you. <laughs> I know the result I want. Exactly. That's it this is the result I want. And I want us to work together to get there, create 30, 60, 90, and let's get there. Um, so I love that question. What does winning look like? I love it. You know what this is reminding me of as, as you're kind of relaying your experience with this just recently is a a few episodes ago, we talked about visions, how visions lead to scale Mm -hmm. and like how you create visions. And this is almost like a little mini vision. Yes, it is. It totally is which I think is so important that there's vision all the way through um, that you're going, okay, here's the vision of the company. Okay. Here's the vision for your role. Okay. So then now you, I'm going to empower you with coming up with your own vision for the next 30, 60, 90 through here, are the responsibilities that it's going to, this is what would need to happen. So they're bought in. It's like full on vision all the way through. I think it's a more intentional vision. Um, yeah. I agree with you hundred percent. Yeah. And I love that you are already, Enjoying the fruits of that by not thinking about how, yes. which is exactly what you should be doing as a leader yes, or, or not be doing. And to be honest, we got a big sale today and she came back and was like, um, can I show you part of what you wanted me to start doing? I've done. And I, I found out where that came from. And I think it came from our product and which I've given her to empower. So it's been less than 24 hours and she's already seeing results. 
She's already looking for results. She's already, it, it's really cool just from that one question. And so it's, it's fantastic. And it's relieving for me because I want to stay in the owner's seat, the vision seat. I do not want to be thinking about details. I was talking to uh, uh, some CEOs this week and coincidentally, three CEOs that I had separate private conversations with all struggling with, with something really adjacent to this, which was like, my team's not doing what I had hoped. They're not doing what I want them to do. I'm unhappy with their performance in some way. Uh, and, and you know what, you know, the first thing that I asked in each of these three cases, the first place I went to, I said, do you like, show me the job description. Yeah. Do they have a job description. And it was always like, Oh, you know, this, this was like other high level people. Like usually they're number two mm-hmm. type person. They're like, Oh, they don't have one. They just kind of run stuff. Like they know what to do. <laughs> you know, they have yeah. so many things I couldn't possibly write it yeah. down. Yeah. One of those types of job descriptions. And, uh, it's like, all right, okay. This is, this is great because I need you to create that job description better yet have them make it. Because when you're complaining about things like in this, in this particular instance, the example uh, of this one particular CEO was like, why am I doing the hiring? <laughs> I like my number two is in charge of building and managing the team. So why does hiring keep coming back to me? Ah, screw it. I'll do it. And yeah. so I, I'm, ha- I'm having him like make this job, dis- have the number two make the job description because there's like a 50, 50 chance that hiring isn't on there, mm. which means that he didn't even know yeah. that was what winning looked like. Yeah. <laughs> and so yeah. it's like, let's start there. Let's start there with expectations. So when I look at these job tools and, and you kind of just categorize the whole thing is like this, the purpose of this document is to describe winning as clearly and succinctly as possible. From that point forward, we both agree, like you and the person in the role both agree what winning looks like. Yep. So then you can have real conversations finally about if we're winning or not without yep. any of this extra, like, Oh, I was busy or, Oh, I thought she's like, it's, it's right here. This is what winning looks like. And we're not winning. Yes, absolutely. There's, there's proof there. And I think it also, one of the things that was really helpful was that they know the next time you're going to have a conversation about their performance. And so they know like accountability is built in. Like when you're having these conversations and you're talking about the results you want and what does winning look like, you're able to have the conversation of, Hey, we're going to talk about this every quarter, what winning looks like. And if we're winning, so it opens up that conversation. And I think that allows it not to be a surprise. I I think we've all had bosses that are like, Hey, let's talk real quick. And then you realize you're in a performance conversation and you're going, Oh, I didn't know this was coming. I would have been better prepared. I would have all this stuff. But when you're able to say, Hey, our goal here is to win. This is what winning looks like. And now we're going to have a conversation. I'm going to follow up on this to make sure that we're on the same page and we're getting the results that we both know we're looking for. I have always, I strongly advocate having one-on-ones with your direct reports weekly, especially if they're, if, if you can't do it weekly, then it's almost like, well, are they important enough to be on the team? If you can't, talk to them every week or do you need somebody else? But that, that, that aside, when I run my one-on-ones, I would keep their job description on my screen while I'm doing the one-on-one. I didn't always talk through it, but I wanted to be super aware 
as I went into a conversation that this is their job, this is what winning looks like. Yeah. And they're short enough and easy enough to consume that, that I know. And, and I also try to be aware that if I'm noticing friction or we're missing something, I, the first place I go is back to the job description. Mm. And I'm like, did I capture that? Does this need to be adjusted? Uh, has something changed? Instead of just being like, ah, oh, they're just not cutting it. What, what, did, what did the conversations, if something needed to be adjusted, what did that look like? especially if it meant there's more responsibility that they now have. Was there also a conversation about compensation or was it just like, Hey, like this is changing. Like, was there, do you know what I'm talking about? Like if there's an adjustment, you want them to know about it. How did you have those conversations about adjustments? I think there were kind of two questions in there. One of them was like, Hey, I'm changing the job. How do you change it? And, but the other one I heard was, and maybe I was, tell me if I misunderstood this. Yeah. It was like, what if they're missing? Like, what if, what if the new adjustments mean a new, new responsibilities that require more pay or like, even if the job title's not changing, but they now have new responsibilities that are on their plate. So the pay thing is almost like a whole other conversation that I don't necessarily want to get into that here because there's so much to it. And it really depends on, on it depends on so many things that like, I couldn't answer that succinctly. Yeah. But what I would do is, you know, we have the conversation about, Hey, you know, your role's expanding. We're doing this. I think this is going to be a part of this. Um, I would go back to that job description. And if they're the only person in the role, then it's easy. Cause you can just edit that document. And it, and it's not like, oh, that affected this other person's responsibilities right. too. If they're the only person in the role, I would edit the document. And usually what that looks like, if they're gaining responsibilities, I think of it as zooming out further away from the how, mm. or it might even need another, if it's a totally separate area, a totally new line about what winning looks like. Cause now it also means this totally new thing you're encompassing, mm. but usually those two things would include it. They're either zooming out and taking a bigger view or they're adding a new thing like, oh, maybe you're a manager now. That's kind of a promotion, but we're going to start putting people under you. Yeah. So one of the things now winning also includes uh, running your team to fit our culture and having one-on-ones with people and like everybody knows kind of the stuff that we're talking about now. Yes. yes. Um, okay. That's super, super helpful. What else do you have? Yeah, Justice, my favorite part of this, and we've touched on this several times, but I think it's so key. And this is kind of, I guess, the main thing that I'd want you to walk away with is that the job posting is not talking about how, it's talking about the vision. And as you are, when you're higher in the organization, like your number two, for example, is going to have a really big, vague stuff that they need to accomplish. As you go lower to the front lines, like your customer support representative, they might have a way closer to how, but it's still not how. And here's why that's really amazing. Not Okay, it's freeing you up from stuff. We talked about that. But this is going to attract a certain type of person that's really excited about that because they are, uh, they're motivated. They know, they like to figure out hows. They're going to make your organization better because you didn't tell them how to do it. Mm -hmm. So imagine if your customer support person is, is empowered. It's like, uh, one of the, one of their, like, what does winning look like? Well, anytime somebody 
rights to support. They hear back within 24 hours and they're super satisfied afterwards or whatever. Like that's kind of a specific one because that's more of a frontline person. But I don't really care how they do that. You can use Help Scout. You can use email. Maybe you like found out that calling them on the phone is best or it's like whatever, you know, you're, you're in charge of support and I'm giving you that autonomy and that, that is a really big gift to high performers. And so by giving, letting them figure out how and own that and change it, if something doesn't work and not be stuck with like, Oh, well, they said I have to have to do it this way. I guess I'll just keep doing that. Yes. Freeing them from that will, will get you high performers and your high performers will really love sticking around there. One of the things I've noticed about high performers is a lot of times they're, they are really interested and curious about how to solve the problem. And they will put in the time to figure it out because they're actually curious about how to get that result. And they believe it's out there. Yeah. It's rewarding. It's rewarding. And for a lot of high performers, they want to be um, not admired, but they want to be noticed. Mm -hmm. And so when they can say, I was responsible, just even a little bit of attention of going, yeah, Brittany figured out how to crack this, this case. We're there. We got it. She got us this result. That feels amazing for a high performer and they want that credit um, and they deserve it. But when you say, oh, and this is how we're going to get there. It's kind of like, well, then I'm just working a job. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just coming in. You already know how to get there. You're the genius. Uh, I'm just here. Yeah, I'm, to, I'm an extra set of hands. Yes. I'm just an extra set of hands. But when you, when you empower and unleash them on something and you have guardrails there, um, I think you, that's when you start to get to see these like extraordinary results. It's, I think it's, I think it's beautiful. Thanks for joining us today on the Sharp Business Growth Podcast. Be sure and subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast app so you never miss an episode. And visit us at sharpbusinessgrowth.com. We've got more resources we're putting up there all the time. Justice, this was super fun today. I love these conversations. It's great. I've talked to a lot of CEOs. Like I said, just this week, this has been coming up a lot. Uh, So yeah, this was awesome. Coming up. We have uh, some pretty cool stuff, but you know what? I think we should take an episode soon just for fun and talk about some of the many personal projects we have going yes. on. Yes. Because uh, I think it'll be cool to share some of those journeys as we go. Oh, uh, yeah. I can't wait to share it with you guys. See you next time.